We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode 21 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mother of a three-year-old. I am joined this week by fellow mom, Linda Brenneman. Hello. And apparently uh, susceptible to the Pax Plague, <laughs> Simone de Rochefort. I'm weak. You know, we used to call that the nerd flu back when nerd I was at flu. IGN. Oh, yeah. I think there's a specific strain of nerd flu that's just Pax, Pax Pox, yeah. and it is the devil. Yeah, so, and I'm also joined by, at least for now, completely well, Courtney Holmes. Keeping my fingers crossed. Yes. Living on the edge of danger. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in reference to the Pax Plague, Pax has just finished. Um, it was done on Monday. We were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Looking at a lot of games and writing a lot of stories. And if you go to pixelkin.org, you can find all those stories. But that is also going to be our topic this week because we saw so many cool games that we just don't have time for any other topic. And Simone is coughing as we speak. I apologize. That's okay. That sounds awful. Okay, so. At least I don't sound like a witch anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, depending on how you think a witch sounds. Yeah, don't be like witch prejudiced, okay? Witchedist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so. Who wants to start? Like, what was, I guess, let's start off with sort of the big three. So I guess I'll start. I went to the Microsoft booth. They didn't have a lot actual, like, Microsoft published stuff (laughs) except for Halo. Um, But I played Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2, which looks amazing and hilarious, just like the first one did. Um, There are new characters at first i like they had a new character set up on each machine there were like four machines Mm -hmm. so the first one i picked up with is the scientist who was in the previous one and he played exactly like he did in the previous one and i'm like i don't want to play the scientist i want to play somebody else so i moved down to the next machine (laughs) and got to play the imp which is a new well a new playable character you've seen the imp a lot in plants vs zombies lore uh he rode on the back of the gargantuar in the original Plants vs. Zombies, where if you did enough damage to the gargantuar, he would grab the imp and throw him, uh, like, <laughs> over your walnuts and everything that you had built to defend Holy. yourself. Um, okay. And that was the same in – it's the same in Plants vs. Zombies 2, which I'm not that crazy about. Um, but in Garden Warfare 1, he was a special attack for the all-star uh, zombie who was, like, you know, football, golf, whatever you want to say, sports guy. Yeah. And it was called the Imp Punt. Where he would just throw the imp and the imp would be carrying like flags, like mascot flags and stuff, and then he would explode. Um, <laughs> Makes me but, think of that guy in uh, Lord of the Rings who like runs into Helm's Deep. And... Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Um, a good topical reference, Courtney. Yeah. But so the imp is a playable character this time, and he actually has a really cool move in which he pulls out like an old school cell phone, like those really big, like blocky <laughs> cell phones, and like dials on it, and he brings a mech. A mech comes down out of the sky, nice. and he hops inside of it, and he becomes <laughs> like the most powerful thing in the world. So it's Titanfall, exactly. <laughs> but I know now that's that's where the Z7 uh, skin is going oh. to come in. It will be for that mech. 
That is so, funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Sorry, what is the Z7 skin? Um, they just, they, they, somebody, how did this happen? So there was a spoof on Plants vs. Zombies that was called Grass Effect. Kind <laughs> of, you know, like making fun of Mass Effect. Effect. Yeah. yeah. So Mass Effect, uh, there's the N7. That's what the army, whatever mm-hmm. they all are called. So this is a Z7 uh, ah, okay. mech that looks like a Mass Effect like yeah. armor skin. So that's what it is. And EA does both of those games now, so there's lots of cross-pollination. Got a little gamer in jokes. Nice yes. plant joke. I know, cross-pollination. <laughs> uh, in there? Oh, that was You're so good. <laughs> Poor Shane. Um, no, Plants vs. Zombies is also in The Sims, too, where the zombies will come and eat your plants. So. <laughs> um so, yeah, so the other big thing at the Microsoft booth that I played was Rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah. Which was totally awesome. That was a nice, long, like, 15-minute-ish demo. Very cool. Yeah. So, you know, the trailer that they released, like, a little while ago where she's in the truck with the guy who, like, sold out her information and they get in an accident? So it's the gameplay that happens right after that cinematic. I don't think I remember seeing that cinematic. Yeah, it's cool. I was cool. watching it at home. Uh and unbeknownst to me, Anna had come up <gasps> behind my shoulder. Oh, no. And when she saw the car tip over, she was freaked out. So I'm like, stop, 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 stop. Wow. I didn't know she was standing behind me. And she gets scared by things kind of a lot now. Yeah. Maybe she needs a bell. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Put a little thing around her yeah. neck. That would be. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No. That sounds She's like a just great. too stealthy. A it, great product. Yeah. yeah. Child bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's just what parents of toddlers want, for their yeah. kids to make more noise. Exactly. <laughs> but I felt terrible. I'm like, oh, my God, because she's, like, starting to cry. Oh, no. She's, like, so upset. And I'm like, oh, no, honey. That's that's how she threw the iPad most yeah. recently, too, is she stumbled into an ad for, like, a movie, which is actually a kid's movie. But something in it happened that she didn't like. And she, like, shoved the iPad away. And, like, I turned around. I'm like, why are you throwing the iPad? Like getting all mad, and she's like, "This is scary." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." She was like, "Just get this thing away from me." God, that's so, so sad. Um, so she doesn't have a concept of car accidents yet. No, thank God, no. Uh. Yes, I was trying to explain that to her yesterday, actually, because I put her in her car seat, and she's like, "It's too tight." And I'm like, that's the point. Like, <laughs> it's supposed to be tight so that if we get into a car accident, you're safer. And she's kind of looked at me like, hmm. <laughs> hmm Could there this? really be such a thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, yeah, enough about me. Great. <laughs> Anyhow, back to Rise of the Tomb Raider. Uh, gameplay is very much like it was in the first one, which is a very good thing. I um, can't wait. That was fun. Yeah. I love that game. Yeah. So um, the thing that is different, though, is that they're bringing back kind of these massive – tombs for you to explore, which was sort of missing in the first one. So if you've played the old Tomb Raider games, and confession, I never actually played the original, original Tomb Raider game. (laughs) But I did play Tomb Raider Anniversary, which is a remake of that original game. So you've got these massive, like, multi-level, huge things, puzzles to solve that involve going all over the place and all through the levels. So I'm super excited about those coming back into the game. And um, there was a nice little story element that came in play, too. Didn't really give anything away. Like, I have more questions. Ooh, so, okay. Well, that's a good sign. Uh, yeah. Stuff yeah. you want answered. Yeah. This guy like shows it. up, and Laura knows who he is. And I'm like, hmm, uh-huh. okay, there we go. So okay. I think that's about it. I tried, I attempted to play Cuphead. Oh. <gasps> 
which is, um, if you don't know about this, this is this really cool indie game that is, it looks like an old cartoon, like a really old Mickey Mouse cartoon. Mm-hmm. That's what the visuals look like. But the only thing they had set up to play there was uh, some examples of the bosses. Oh, dear. Went, oh, my God. That thing was Yikes. so hard. <laughs> Did you play it, Courtney? I know you were interested. Uh, in no, I didn't get a chance. But uh, I got killed like immediately. Would... I tried like four times, and I'm like, okay, I, I got to stop because I got to go see other well, games. Yeah, usually when you have a boss battle, it's okay because you've spent the entire level leading up to it learning whatever skill you need yes. for the boss battle. So that must be really hard to just yeah. drop in. And, I mean, it looked like your typical type boss battle. Like he was like spitting out rocks or something that you kind of had to jump over and dodge and they were timed differently, and mm-hmm. but I was just like, why would they I, do that and not just have the opening of the I game? I have no idea. Maybe that's all that's done. Maybe they're developing the boss battles first. I feel like I, I learned know. a lot about what makes a good or a bad demo this weekend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or yeah. just that some games don't demo well, which is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to kind of go into that art style thing. And yeah, yeah. in your opinion, Courtney, what what was the game that didn't demo well? Um, I thought that, uh, for, okay, so I love Year Walk by Samogo. It is one of my favorite games. It only takes a couple hours to play, but it's this really... <laughs> a couple hours to play. That depends on how good you are at the okay, puzzles. sorry. It only uh, took me it a depends on how fast play. you are to look up a walkthrough. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a really tricky puzzle game, and it's very kind of cerebral and quiet, and I went to the Nindies at Night event the night before PAX uh, at the EMP Museum in Seattle. And they had Year, Year Walk on Wii U there, and I was really excited about it because I love the Wii U and I love Year Walk, and together at last, it's amazing. But uh, when I walked up, they were like halfway through a puzzle, and it was just like it was awful because there was nothing for me to grab onto or start with, and I didn't know which parts of it they'd already solved, and it had been like so many months since I last played the game, like that that was that was bad. Um, another thing was like. Uh, Star Fox, which I will talk a lot about later, um, <laughs> has very unique, different, and really unusual handling. So. I think it's okay to move to Nintendo because okay. that's all I played in the Microsoft okay. booth. I covered everything. So, Nintendo, go. Nintendo. Star Fox. Yeah. Star Fox uh, looks a lot like Star Fox 64, a lot of the same dialogue. I think it's the same voice actors for all the lines that are different. <laughs> Uh, the two levels that were available for play were Corneria and Area 3, and I played both of them. Uh, Corneria looks a lot like the Corneria from Star Fox 64, if you're familiar with it, which is the first level of that game. Okay, the way that Star Fox 64 <laughs> works is that um, you're in this, like, solar system, and you're trying to get to the boss battle at the uh, Venom, which is the last planet, and there's all these different routes you can take to get there, depending on if you take the easy route or the hard route in each level, and you can't always tell which one is the easy route and the hard route until mm-hmm. after you've finished it, like... Um, for example, in the very first level of Star Fox 64, if you fly through these rings, then you have the option to go to a second boss battle, which is different, and that will change your outcome. Mm. But if you lose your life, your lives, you lose the game, you go all the way back to the beginning. There's no saving. Oh, so, no. Um, so it's kind of like a baby roguelike in a way. Um, it's meant to just you sit down and you play the whole thing all the way through. Yeah. Um, and what that means is that it's some of the most well-known dialogue in Nintendo history because you're watching the same levels over and over and over and over again, um, which is why you have a like, can't let you do that, Star Fox. And do a barrel roll. <laughs> and, like, it's, wow. it's this, like, instant language that Star Fox fans can, like, spit back and forth. That's kind of funny because that's the kind of thing that we, like, say is very, very bad, like, in modern games. Yeah. But, so. I don't know, it really works well in Star Fox. <laughs> I, I don't begrudge it at all. Um, but, so... 
I, watching all of the same dialogue come up again in Star Fox Zero was kind of like I feel a little bit like they're trying to play at our nostalgia. Yeah. Like, but it was it was nice. Um, but so anyway, the first level of Star Fox 64 is very similar to the level I played in Star Fox Zero, and I've played that level like millions of times because you have to play it to get everywhere. Yeah. And so I felt when I was watching the demo when I was waiting in line that I would be able to nail it the first time because I was watching all these people messing up, and I was like, Psh, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already an expert. And then I played it, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the controls are so different. Yeah. Yeah, the – um. I kept on wanting my right joystick to be camera control, and it wasn't. Um, the left joystick had inverted flying, which was from the original game, so pushing up to go down and down to go up. Um, but then the right joystick, it was almost like they wanted it to be a second D-pad, but it was a joystick. So pushing left and right helps you like tilt your ship, which were yeah. those were buttons in the other game. And pushing up and down boosts you or breaks you, which I don't associate those things with joysticks. And yeah. so I would, like, if I wanted to turn, I would have to press right on the left joystick and then right again on the right joystick to do the hard turn. And then I got used to, like, pushing forward on the right joystick for boosting, but pushing forward on the left joystick made me dive instead of go up. And it was, like, my, my brain had oh. a lot of trouble putting it all together. And then I was aiming by, like, adjusting the gamepad in my lap, which was hard because the gamepad showed Star Fox through cockpit first-person view, oh, okay. and it was really narrow, kind of like looking through a binocular. So I wanted the big picture, but then when I looked down on my lap, I like I couldn't tell where I was in the... And it was, it was very confusing. Um, and I'm pretty sure that I'll be able to get better at it after a few hours. Yeah. But um, it was a pretty long demo. It was like 10, 15 minutes, and I... Mm did not get it down by the end of that, which made mm. that whole demo experience kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I didn't really get to play the game. It also makes me worried because I think that it's going to have a really high barrier of entry for new gamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think that, I mean, when, is, when does Star Fox come out? Ninte- uh, November 20th. Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> so I, yeah, I guess with that close of a release date, it's like that... That control scheme has probably been finalized. Yeah, no, it's so. not. I don't think it's going anywhere. The cool thing, I mean, it's cool that Nintendo is trying something new with their gamepad. Yeah. Um, the gamepad is absolutely necessary to play in this game. Like, there, you just can't do some things without aiming with it. But everything from about the the handling was just very, very confusing to me. Yeah. That's just too bad. I mean, it does sound confusing. It it might turn out that I like it better by the time I get hand, used to it like that. Oh, this is a really superior way of using the gamepad, but mm. I know that switching back and forth between this game and any other game is just going to be really difficult. Um, yeah. That does sound like a big barrier to entry yeah. to so a lot of people. Yeah. Are basically the changes that they've made just things to make it for the Wii U rather than for the N64? Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think... I mean, you said the dialogue's the same and it looks really similar. Yeah. And it sounds like the plot is pretty much the same, so... Yeah, I will say um, that it the graphics look amazing. Um, so it was... They did a good job of updating the visuals. Um, I don't know. I the I definitely think that they were trying to go from the ground up with the Wii U and trying to come up with gameplay... Um, mechanics that would work with this style of console to really justify its existence, but um, ah, I think oh maybe they, they stretched a little too far, and it's it's just pushing gamers out of their comfort limits, which, you yeah. know, maybe means that somebody who's never really played a game will be at an advantage. Maybe. So, hmm. That adds to my irrit- one of my irritations about Nintendo, of which there are many, is that 
if it's the same game, like just remade, God, Why aren't you that just irritates it a, me. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, a remake. Okay, they've been very clear that it's not a remake. It is a reimagining. But it is literally <laughs> a remake. If so, it has the same dialogue at the beginning. Yeah. When you told I me mean, that they were reusing all the dialogue, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, okay, so apparently, from what I remember from the E3 rundown of it, is that basically the creators, um, this is a Miyamoto game. Miyamoto yeah. went back and he picked out all of his favorite things from all of the Star Fox games and then picked a couple of ideas that had never made it into any of them and just squished it all together and kind of made a love child there. Um. And Star Fox 64 is the best and most well-known of the Star Fox games. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems like that was a major source of inspiration for him. But, you know, the final boss battle in this game was different. Um, Another cool thing about it was that Instead of having two bosses to choose from, I had one boss and I could defeat him in two different ways, which was kind mm. of neat. Um, and yeah, they're going to be more flexible about letting you switch vehicles in the middle at any time, mm. which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm confident that it won't be identical. Uh, and if they were calling <laughs> okay. it a re-release, you know that all the Nintendo fans would have freaked out at every little difference. Right. Yeah. So that's true. Nintendo that's true. fans will freak out about anything. We're except very for you, Courtney. <laughs> I've been I've been very very um, proud that you do not freak out about everything. Oh, well, I I have no illusions. Nintendo is not a perfect company. In fact, they have a lot of problems. <laughs> it's I they just happen to make the exact kind of game that I love most. Yes. And let's give Courtney a shout out for waiting three hours. In did line you wait to three hours for line for that? I did. It's pretty much all I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she suffered. <laughs> terrible. Well, you should have like run right there when we had the media. I, early we hours. Were, I know that it didn't. I didn't realize it would be such a long line. <laughs> yeah, I, we had no idea. Yeah. We waited in line for Minecraft Story Mode, which was also a very good idea because that was capped every single day for the rest of the con. Yeah, that we did get. Uh, we missed the last T-shirt, the very last T-shirt, but we got all the other ones. We got the ones that I wanted. We so. is Simone and her roommate. <laughs> we, not yeah, me. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, T-shirts. That's t-shirts. what Texas is all about. <laughs> I did get four T-shirts. Four. Four. You're wearing one right now. I am. I'm yes. wearing a Wadham shirt right now. Yeah. Do I have more to say about Nintendo? I do. Uh, the other game I played, uh, Zelda Triforce Heroes, I was not super excited about it because it wasn't the new Zelda for Wii U. <laughs> when they announced it at E3, I was like, why are you working on a different Zelda game instead of making the Zelda game that I've been dreaming of for the last two years? It wasn't even Link's HD rendered boot. Yes. Uh, it was, yeah. So I was I was just frustrated that it wasn't Zelda for Wii U and I gave it the, I, did, I gave it low expectations and I was wrong. It was super fun. I had a great time with that game. I enjoyed it much more than I enjoyed Star Fox. Um, it's, it's it's a multiplayer game on 3DS that uh, takes a lot of style tips from Link Between Worlds, which was mm-hmm. the last, no, the last 3DS Zelda game was the re-release of Majora's Mask. It was the last original 3DS Zelda game. Um, yes. Sorry, non-Nintendo yes. fans. Yes. Keep um, all that straight. Yeah. Yeah. We leave all that to Courtney. Because, like, she is there was that news brain. story today about the new 3DS and I'm, like, new... Is this the the new it's, 3DS or the, the new new 3DS? <laughs> There's a new new 3DS. <laughs> um, not anyway. So so yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So Zelda has tried to do multiplayer before. There's uh, Four Swords Adventures came out on the uh, GameCube. Yeah. And the, my husband and I tried that. I did not, not like it. Good. Um, yeah. Not only 
Not only did you need to have Game Boy Advances and Game Boy Advance adapters in order to play the multiplayer, because, <laughs> you know, controllers weren't good enough for them. <laughs> but then the story itself was really uninspired and boring, and it kind of lacked everything that makes that I love about Zelda. It was, it was sort of the most cardboard cutout version of Zelda you could imagine. So, yeah. But this this multiplayer was awesome. It was cool. really good. It was completely cooperative. There was no com- competitive aspects at all. All of your hearts and rupees and everything were shared. Um, I had a really good time with the two total strangers that I was playing with, kind of breaking the ice and accidentally throwing each other off of cliffs and laughing about it, and then nice. figuring out what all of our strengths were. And um, by the end of the level, when we got to the boss battle, it was very much like, okay, you need to do this, and I'm going to do this, and go. And it was awesome. It was really cool. cool. It was really Very fun. Cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. So it's going to be, you can either play single player or you can play online with two strangers or you can play three online with two friends or you can play three people all local. But, excuse me, but you all need your own handheld device if you're going to play local. Do you all need the game as well? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, which is something that sets me back in my Nintendo experiencing is I don't have enough friends who have Wii U's and 3DS's, so <laughs> yes. I never really get that experience. And the games as well. Yeah, it's I a bit, there was one game for DS. I don't remember what it was now, but I was like super excited that it was like a single cart game, where like you could someone had the cart and then three <laughs> people could play with you, and it was so awesome because they didn't need the game. But I don't remember what that game. Yeah, was. that sounds. Really unlike Nintendo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, Which is probably why there haven't been any 3DS games like yeah. that. Yeah. They're all about getting you to convert your entire friend group and then getting all your friend group to play. Yeah. How's that been going for you so far, Courtney? Nobody wants to play Splatoon <laughs> with me. I'm sorry. I don't want to invest in a Wii U. But I do. Yeah. But I don't. I also I don't want to convince anyone to like spend $360 for a game and a console that they don't want you know that's not you know, my jam my husband's getting close which is was a real surprise to me although he's waiting for a new mario game like that's that's you his guys thing already have a wii no, buried we in a not. garage no no they have a wii oh, we have a wii. wii okay that sits on our shelf behind our bookcase in our rec room uh-huh. um, behind your bookcase behind the bookcase <laughs> yes hidden out of sight um uh but yeah, because uh, I got my my woolen Yoshi, um, which was sitting on my desk, and Aww. like I, I you've got to bring it in. Simone's gonna steal it if I bring it in. Okay, I will bring it. I will bring it in. No one's um, gonna touch your Yoshi. But <laughs> he had a question that I hope you can answer because he had assumption that the amiibos were not region locked, and because I said like, oh, we don't have Wii U, I don't care, I'll just get a Japanese one. So I told him I thought they were region locked. I think they are. I'm not sure, though. Yes. I've never tried to buy a foreign Amiibo. Yes. I was just like, I just want I just want the woolen Yoshi. Yoshi. Why mm. am I waiting? Because they're going to sell out, like, right away. And I went on Amazon and was like, Japanese import, ready to go. Like, yeah. yes, I'm going to get this. Yeah. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World has been out in Japan and Europe for, like, a, a, over a month now. Which Hmm. is frustrating. Um, So you can watch an entire playthrough of the game in English because it came out in England. If you are curious about it, it's already out there. Yeah. Sorry, I I interrupted you. Was there something else that Nintendo had? Um, Those were the two two really big ones. Like they had Mario Maker there, which is coming out extremely soon. So I didn't spend time on it. And they had Splatoon out, which came out months ago. So I didn't. Didn't they also have Super Smash Brothers? No. 
I think. Oh, I think they were. Ha- they had a tournament. A oh Smash yeah, there Bros. was. Tournament. There were a bunch of Nintendo tournament games. Yeah, which was kind of yeah. cool. And then they also had uh, Skylander Superchargers Racing. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is a. I, you're looking at me like you're setting me up to talk about it. Now a segue into so, Simone. <laughs> so Nintendo was showing. One measly booth of Skylander Superchargers Racing down on the second floor. Um, Skylander Superchargers Racing is the version of Superchargers that's coming out for the Wii and the Nintendo 3DS. So those are older systems that can't, they can no longer support the full story mode of a Skylanders game. It's just gotten too big, which was always my fear. But anyway, so they're (laughs) releasing the racing mode for it because, as Courtney and I discovered... It's a lot like Mario Kart. Um, why wouldn't it be? I mean, why reinvent something that's so great, really? Exactly. <laughs> I, and that's kind of, that is how I feel about it. But it also, there were some, there were enough changes that certain things that I know and love about Mario Kart weren't there. And, <coughs> excuse me, playing the demo wasn't really enough to let me know if I'll get used to those things and enjoy them in the end or if I'll just be like, this is kind of a tamed down version of Mario Kart. So basically, I, the big difference I think that we noticed, besides the fact that there are, you know, three terrains, there's land, sea, and sky instead of just land. Um, the big difference is the way that items work. In Mario Kart, you get an item by, you know, driving through a box. You get a random item, and then you can choose when to use it. And then in Skylander Superchargers, it went into effect immediately, and we had a lot of trouble figuring out what the effect was a lot of the time. Mm. There was one that was pretty obvious where I was surrounded by shields and I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, people probably can't attack me now, right? And then there was another one that was like music notes yeah. swirling around and what did she call it? I, oh gosh, I don't know. Shout out to the the people who worked for worked at the Skylanders thing uh, because they absolutely. were so delightful. What, yes, sweeties. they were super nice. Like Anna came up there like grabbing the amiibo off the shelf Ah. And they were just great. They're like, oh, yeah, look at, you know, she grabbed like, I don't know what it was, like a submarine type thing. And she's like, I think this would go in the water. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, smart. Yay, smart Anna. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they were so nice. I'm yeah. sad I didn't say goodbye to them. It didn't even occur to me. Oh. They were our friends for so long, yeah. for those two days that we yeah. had to keep going back to that booth. Anyway, um, so yes. Um, <coughs> The woman explained to me what that music note effect was, and it basically made me invulnerable and gave me a speed boost. After she said that, I did notice the speed boost when I got it again. But What does I, the music have to do with that? I have no I idea. It's just an <laughs> artistic choice. You know, oh, okay. It was like groovy jazz boost or something like that. Yeah, so so there weren't very – there wasn't really a variety in the items. There, mm-hmm. was, there was the music notes, there was the shield, and there was like another better boost that I yeah. – uh, which was the best item that I noticed. But like – there, there. Oh, and there was that thing that is like Bullet Bill in Mario Kart Eight, where you oh, turn yeah. into the big bullet. But I think I, I only got that once. I think anyway. that's what I was thinking of. Anyway, oh, okay, never mind. Anyway, um, so the, the item, like when I got the shield, the shield felt kind of useless because there was nobody around me. I um, felt like a lot less neck and neck in Mario Kart when you get an item. It's sort of like anything could change now. This is this magical roulette thing, and it can make a big difference. And you're really looking forward to, like, what's the next item going to be? Oh, it's a freaking coin. Or, or like, then, like, oh. when you get a shell and you save yes. the shell for the exact right moment so when you can use is it. Is it the, yeah. the blue turtle shell that's, like, the <laughs> terrible one that just, like— Oh, uh, it's the best one. It's, like, the I win shell. Yeah. Uh, well, it just goes plows one. straight to whoever's in first. Yes. <laughs> um, I hate that thing. Yeah, so— 
But the cool thing about that in Mario Kart is that um, it, what it means is that the race continues to be engaging from the beginning to the end because yeah. you have a shot. Even if you're in 12th place, you're yeah. like, I could still pull it out in the last 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really feel that in Skylanders. Yeah. And I think part of it is that, you know, we were playing on the 3DS, so the the graphics, and we weren't even playing with the 3D, as you pointed out. I was talking when after we saw it that the, the graphics felt a little muddy to me because it's the 3DS. It's not as powerful as something like the Wii U or the PlayStation 4. Um, And you pointed out that the 3D wasn't turned on, which probably had an effect on that. Um, I like the character designs. I loved the vehicles. They were really cool. Uh, But I I don't know. It it just felt not quite as engaging to me as certain other racing games that I'm sure this one will be ceaselessly compared to and we'll all be sick of these comparisons by the end of the Skylanders Superchargers marketing cycle, but what else can I do but compare <laughs> it to the top-selling children's racing game? I will say, if you, if any of you guys have ever played Diddy Kong Racing for the Nintendo 64, it felt kind of like Mario Kart and Diddy Kong squished together. Right. It had a lot of Diddy Kong-ishness about it. And that was, a really, that was a really good racing game that did a pretty good job of differentiating itself from Mario Kart mm. um, while mm-hmm. still having a lot of this, like the exact same audience. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we didn't really see any of the this plot or story of it. And I've always been really charmed by the, the characters in Skylanders and the dialogue that they have. So... That's certainly something that was lacking from this demo just because all we were doing was being set up for races and playing. And the local multiplayer, we should mention, worked really well. Yeah. No, they we, were perfectly yeah. synced up. There were no issues with it at all. Yeah. So that was even good. in that crowded convention center. So Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, Simone. <coughs> I'm dying. Sony. Sony. Uh, I'm pretty sure all I played... Wait, no. Yeah. No. Sony. Yes. Sony. <laughs> For some reason, I went to Ubisoft, probably because I'm thinking about Assassin's Creed constantly every minute of the day. Sony. Which you broke. But anyhow, let's yeah, go back we'll, to Sony. We'll get there. <laughs> I played Tearaway Unfolded. It, I'm really pleased they've had a new level of Tearaway Unfolded at every every time I've seen it. <coughs> oh, my God. At a convention. You have a glass of water sitting there. May I have it? Oh. <laughs> do I want your illness? No, you don't. Okay. I'll survive. <laughs> So this the level that was displaying at PAX Prime this weekend was actually one of my favorite levels from the original Tearaway game, uh, where you're climbing this giant mountain. And in it, I think we got to see all of the new the new effects that they've added for playing with the DualShock 4 versus the PS Vita. So we had swiping your thumb across the touchpad to blow wind, to, to blow things down and make new pathways. We had shining the light with the, the light on the back of the controller. to um, That was the level where we, we melted some ice to let Atois go through a cave with the light so on the controller. Cute. It was so cute. And when you turn the light on, it, you turn it on by holding down both triggers on the controller. And then she looks up at you and looks at the light. And she's so cute, you guys. It's so cute. <laughs> and then it also used... Um, throwing things into your controller and then you throw them back into the screen, which is one of my favorite things from the game so far. Um, it's really, really charming. Yeah, they throw it, the squirrel into your controller and it vibrates and it's it's lovely. I thought it worked really well, too. I got the hang of it pretty quickly. Yeah. I, for some reason, the light was the one that took me the longest to get. 
But um, I love how once you get into that rhythm, there was this final boss battle. Not really a boss battle because you're just fighting against minions. There's this final battle in the level where you're going against these scraps and there are all these rocks scattered around. So you really get into this rhythm of running with Artois, dodging the scraps, picking up a rock, throwing it at the controller, and then making her run around again while you aim and then throw the rock back at the enemies. And it's, it's just really cool to be able to interact with the character like that. And it's not just, you know, her fighting. It's the two of you fighting together to protect her because she is a lovely little thing and I need to protect her. There was also a great surprise where it uh, you have to take a picture of yourself, <laughs> which was a, a wonderful thing to see nice and early on a Friday morning of a convention. <laughs> My face on a 60-inch TV Maybe in the middle I of the convention. That. I don't remember that. Or, were you talking about the, the elk who needed to Oh, skin? yeah. So when, I, when it said, like, take a photo for me, I got the in-game camera. Uh, but what? I and then I just took a photo of like some crows in the game, and then he had like crow elk skin. Was there a real camera? Like, oh yeah, no. Every time I I played it with someone, it it, it went automatically to taking a picture of you. Where was the camera? I don't know. I think they had a PlayStation Eye or something. Oh my my station must not have had one. Oh you know yeah if you you oh you did play on a different one than me so yeah. that might be true. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it was really funny because then the elk was, you know, you have to, the, the scraps steal the color from the elk, so you have to take a picture so he can have a new fancy pelt to show off for the other elk. He's, he doesn't want to look just like everyone else. So I gave him a pelt that looked like my face <laughs> in a repeating pattern. It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> it was very bad. Um so, yeah, it's super charming. That game is coming out on uh, September 8th. I, I feel even more confident about it than ever after seeing this level because it, it definitely showcased all of the parts of Tearaway that I loved that I wasn't sure were going to come through um, on a different console just because, you know, the Vita version was so intimate because you could use the touchpad on the back. to You could push against the touchpad and it would have the effect of your fingers pushing up through the paper floor of the world. <coughs> And you could interact with the characters. Ah. I am definitely going to miss the, the finger stuff with the interactions yeah, yeah, from definitely. the Vita. But, it but would... there might be other... I think there... I suspect that we might see a substitute for that, given how well they've translated everything else to with the Dual Shock War. Yeah, that may know. be the game. That may be the killer app that gets me to get the PlayStation. It's really good. It <laughs> yeah. should be the killer yeah. app for the PlayStation Vita, but no one wants to bite the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's yeah. worth it. But now yeah. that it's coming out on PlayStation, is it worth Shut it? Up. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm going to segue over to Linda because I failed to, you know, jump to you because you went to the ID at Xbox thing. Simone, go get some water. You went to the ID at Xbox thing, uh, which is where all the indie developers right, were showing right. off. Although so. there was, um, I did not play this game. But there was a big part of ID at Xbox that had a bunch of Halo players playing, um, I guess it's called the arena mode, where it's five yeah. on five. And there's, I, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but there's like every number you can think of versus every number you can think of. Okay. I'm not All an the expert. way up to, <laughs> I, I believe it's 24 players. Oh, my gosh. So 12 on 12, okay. I think. Don't don't hold me to that. Yeah. I just wanted to point out that Nicole's wearing a Halo shirt right now. Yeah. Well, I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. Full disclosure, my husband works for 343, which is a division of Microsoft right. that works on Halo, and which that's... means I get endless Halo swag, <laughs> which I am not feeling bad about. Yeah. <laughs> no. Love um, your swag. <laughs> yeah. Halo 
is such a huge game. So many people love Halo, and it's um, been around a long time. And, I mean, I've heard stories about, you know, um, people missing work because Halo came out and all kinds of things like that. Um, In this case, there were, I'm just going to say it, a bunch of young men lined up playing this Halo Arena mode and I just lurked behind them and asked them questions <laughs> at moments when I felt like, you know, I wasn't going to interrupt too much. Yeah. And um, they seemed to really be enjoying it. They were having yeah. a great time and kind of, you know, trash talking each other. And um, it it just looks like it's going to be a great release. So we look forward to that. And then I will the- not comment. Okay. Don't comment. <laughs> I'm, I, I wanted to comment. Okay. That's fine. Um, that's just me. <laughs> And then, um, so the idea at Xbox event showed off a whole bunch of indie games as well. Um, and it was a great event at Microsoft, and there were some amazing games there. Um, and so I got to take a look at There was one called Anarchute, which <laughs> is just, it reminded me of um, Katamari Damase. Oh, nice. Awesome. Um, but it's got this really weird narrative involved where um, your little creatures in your town are they're kind of anarchists and they're taking (laughs) over the town and fighting against the evil corporation Um, and you you run along on the street and you pick up other little creatures to join your band of anarchists and they all kind of start acting as a group like they kind of ball up together and then they can throw things and (laughs) you know destroy buildings and like Pikmin too Yeah. yeah You can all you can direct them to do right. different things. Well, what, what was the like Lemmings? Was that the computer game where you were directing like groups of little yeah. clumps of? Animals? But I think the the thing with Lemmings was that they were they would fall off the cliffs. Like I think that was the big thing with the Lemmings. Right. I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of swarming games now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Linda, swarming <laughs> game. I think I think that's kind of what it would be. But um, it has this so this really interesting you know anti government anti-corporation <laughs> narrative, but the art is like cute little creatures that are, you know, wreaking havoc. So Introduce your kids to anarchy. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I was, you know, it's some European company. I'm not really sure what they're doing with that. <laughs> but anyway, um, that was fun to look at. And then um, I saw one that gave me hope, and it's called Draw Stickman. And it was the only one there that I saw that is apparently going to be Connect enabled. Oh. And this is the thing I've been ranting about, as you know, for a long time. More Connect games. And so I was happy to see that Drastic Man is going to be Connect enabled so that you can you draw a stick man, hopefully with the Connect, so using gestures, and then the stick man actually comes to life. Cool. And you operate it. Right, you move it around in the game, and you use it to solve puzzles. And you solve puzzles by drawing things as well. Cool. So you can draw clouds that rain, for instance, on a field of flowers, which helps solve a puzzle. And or you can draw a different kind of cloud that um, creates a lightning strike. Or you know, there's all these different things that you can draw. So it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And there were the other thing I noticed about the the ID at Xbox event was it seemed like there were a ton of local multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's a trend or what, but like there was one where you could use eight controllers, and that's mm-hmm. the um, that's, that was the hockey puck 
what's it called? Oh, was it? Oh, I'm sorry. Sports? I guess super sports ball or something. No, sports friends it's or... um, it's a little um, puck you or something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> no, that wasn't it. Cluster puck. <laughs> Cluster oh my puck god. <laughs> Oh my god! Eight-player eight local multiplayer madness. So um, that's it looked, amazing. It looks really, it looks really fun. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of a wacky take up take off on hockey but you can have up to eight controllers eight people playing it it looks like a really fun party game cool your your discussion of the id at xbox is reminding me that i didn't talk at all about the nindies at night event really yeah which um the cool thing there that happened was that they announced the shovel knight amiibo um which is significant because it's the first indie game amiibo ever oh yeah and uh i think yacht club games uh is pretty much 100 percent in charge of development they're almost it's like they're licensing the amiibo software from nintendo so it's really their thing Mm -hmm. Uh, which basically means that the toys to life technology is going to be open to indie developers at nintendo now which is really cool that is very awesome. awesome. Interesting new business development. Yes. So speaking of co-op games, you were going to say something and I interrupted you. And it wasn't co-op. I was thinking of Microsoft published games. And I didn't think of this one because it wasn't in the Microsoft booth. It was in the Grand Hyatt in a huge theater all by itself. And that was gigantic, which is yeah. awesome. I don't know why I forgot that that was published by Microsoft because they had a huge trailer for it at E3 in their presentation. But anyhow... Um, This is a MOBA. I'm doing quotes right now, MOBA, and I'm so sick of (laughs) regular MOBAs, but this is totally different. It is third person. You're on the ground attacking people as opposed to this little isometric perspective thing. It's really fast. It's really intense, and it is, is really an arena in that you can attack people anywhere and everywhere and there are a whole bunch of different characters you can choose from there's one that's like a shooter there's more melee there's one that's more magic so you can really find a character that suits your play style but at the same time it it was super awesome so rather than running down a lane and capturing the other team's bases (laughs) or turrets um no lanes uh no turrets there are some little uh places where you can summon minions to help you Um, But the basic uh, premise is that you're protecting a guardian, which is a huge monster, like a boss-style monster. And if if you're doing well enough, you can make your guardian attack the other player's guardian. And if the other player's uh, team's guardian, I should say, if the other team's guardian goes down, then the players can attack a nice little glowing (laughs) circle on him, which is a huge you know, boss battle cliche. (laughs) Um, But you can go attack that to kind of, you know, remove his health and then that guardian is back up and then you're back to seeing how well you can do to get your guardian to attacks. Um, First guardian that dies... And the, the game is over. Um, but it's it's 5v5, PvP, you know, some of those type of MOBA things. Mm-hmm. Free to play, you know, everything that you can buy is cosmetic um, or, like, unlocking a hero cool. earlier than you can unlock another one. Basically the same as League of Legends. So, um, And that's was, for the Xbox One? Xbox One and Windows 10. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Oh. So it was so much fun. How many? How long would a match last? Basically, it lasted probably about half an hour. You know, that's one thing I really like about these games is that it seems like you can play in a chunk of time and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, we were playing with a few people from the actual developer though, so 
Although I guess they evened out. It was like new people who didn't know what they were doing uh, versus developers who – well, not versus. Like they were scattered on each team. Developers oh, who knew what they, they were doing. They seeded them. Yeah, and there was one over my shoulder like telling me things like the whole time, oh, which nice. was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they set us up there. We were on computers and they're like – you can use your computer, like keyboard, blah, 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 blah. Or if that sounds like gibberish to you, you can use the controller. So Yay. the keyboard didn't exactly sound like gibberish to me, but I'm more comfortable with the controller. So I grabbed that immediately. But it was super fun. Uh, there's a beta uh, going on right now, a closed beta. We have some keys. We have some beta keys. So um, if you want to enter to win one of those beta keys, you can share our post on Facebook which has already been posted. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. It's going to be out later this year. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah. I love the art style. Yeah, it's a really great art style. It's kind of cartoony a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the character designs looked really interesting. Yeah. I just saw the trailer from E3. So. And they're super diverse, yeah. too, right? Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, I played as, like, a robot person because, like, the guy who was helping me came up and he's like, <laughs> okay, what's your gameplay style? And I'm like... Uh, third person like shooter or melee he's like okay this is gonna be the perfect character for you and it was a shooter character um it was super awesome awesome that is really cool cool. so how many total characters do you have to choose from do you think like a hundred or no 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 it's not that much i think it's 25 oh cool i don't remember exactly but sounds doable even for me maybe yeah but they're gonna update you know and add more um heroes as it goes along i don't know then i'm I don't want to, like, you know, make fun of your (laughs) gameplay ability. It's very fast and very intense. Like, it didn't feel like your typical MOBA. It felt like multiplayer in Halo or in Call of Duty. Like, yeah, you know, people can take you out. You really have to be, like, on what's going on and, you know, realizing how to dodge and get away. Yeah, it's just. um, I could do it. It would just take me, like, a month of eight hours a day practice. Well, we could, we could train you. I that could, could be yeah. our, our work. I could go you know, into training. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's actually something we should do in the office. Oh my God, we should. I, that's, I, uh, I that really, would be fun. Yeah. yeah. It um, kind of makes me want it. It's one of several things that makes me want an Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah, we kept finding games this weekend that were Xbox exclusive and we were like, oh. Speaking of MOBAs, I, I saw some other MOBAs of whose names <laughs> I am not going to mention because they were completely... MOBAs, which is boring to me. So, well, okay. Courtney and I played the best co-op game ever. Which, oh my god, yeah, it's so good. You, you're, yeah, we're on yeah. the same wavelength so <laughs> because we played this game and it taught us how to communicate psychically. Um, <laughs> it's called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. It is a VR game that is actually coming out for Steam later this month. It's on Gear VR right now. Um, I am so doing this. I cannot <laughs> We wait. are going to do it, oh all of God. us together in the office, because it's <laughs> think, amazing. It's in, like, my top five favorite video games, actually. Yeah, cool. definitely. That means I'm on the hook to buy the VR headset. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Oh, my God. I was so, like, I, I, I'll explain what the game is, first of all, before everyone goes, what the heck? In this game, one person wears the VR headset and they see a bomb in front of them. And the bomb has a few modules. Each module is a puzzle that you have to solve. The instructions are in a binder that the other person has. So in VR, you can't see any of the instructions or the binder. All you have is this bomb. And you have to describe it to your partner. 
and they'll tell you how to diffuse it. So, and we talked so to the... So wait one second. Yeah, go on. You're both wearing VR headsets? No, just no. one person. Just one person. And there's so no, the other person's looking on the screen. No, at, there's no screen. There's one headset. The other person has a physical paper binder. A physical paper yes. binder? Yeah, so <laughs> I was flipping through like oh my school gosh. notes. Yeah. And the, the idea for this came up when like the original developers so were at, um, at a... Like Game a sh- Jam. Game Jammer, and they were looking at uh, VR headsets and everyone was crowded around and they all wanted to share, but there was only one person who could use it and everyone else was just waiting. And he's like, I want something for those guys to do. You so- know what it reminds me of a little bit is, what was that old game show where you had to get the other person to guess the word and you had to give them clues to guess Password. That. Password. Yeah. Yes. It is like password. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> only more yeah. low tech on the binder side. Yeah. Well, that, that was the whole oh point gosh. because he said, you know, we could, they thought about doing co-op with two Oculuses and they thought about doing co-op with an Oculus connected to a computer, but they were like, okay, no one has two VR headsets and right. setting it up with a computer, that's hard. That's a whole level of technical stuff that you have to do. Why, what can we do so that you can do it with just the headset and nothing, no technology on the other side? And it works so well because and, – cool. and every single puzzle in the game, he said – I talked to Brian Fetter, who's one of the developers of the game. All the puzzles they designed with some aspect of communication in mind. So if there wasn't an interesting way for the players to communicate about that puzzle, they threw it out. So like the, we had – wires um obviously you know traditional wires but it wasn't just like courtney telling me to cut the red wire it was like there were six wires they're all different colors and what you like, maybe the instructions that i had was like if there were three wires did if there were four wires and, and so then I, I had you count the wires there were six and then it was like if there's six wires and there are no yellow wires cut the third wire which is i remember that one because that's the one we did but then there were other things so like if there's six wires and there's two red then do this and so I had to like listen to you describe it and then figure out which of the wow. list. Yeah, it was. I'm really having cool. flashbacks to those math, you know, math word problems. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. It made me think of the um, the potions puzzle at the end of the first Harry Potter book, because it was uh, on my side. It was very riddly. Like sometimes yeah. that one was more of a list, and we were also playing the most the basic mm-hmm. uh, bomb. But they would get really complicated and be things like. Um, I was watching a couple of other people play later, and there was, like, a series of numbers, on, and it was sort of like uh, the, you have to press, like, six buttons in a row, and then the th- sixth one would some be like, for this one, press the same one, position as the third one, but the different, but the number of the first one, and then you'd have to go through and, like, oh reread all the instructions. Sounds like it might be educational a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I definitely, yeah. like, as a as a way to teach people to communicate more clearly and better as a way to I mean solving was, riddles is a yeah, great mental yeah. exercise on its own and it felt I like loved it, it felt like I was in a movie like the movie scene where there's one guy and they're like there's a bomb what do I do and then there's the other guy <laughs> yeah. and you can't see anything and they're like yeah, yeah. let me talk you through this you got the timer counting down from five minutes yeah, and yeah. Oh, it uh. was just so and like I was because I was so good. In the VR. I was so tense. Like my heart was pounding. I was like, <laughs> my favorite video game at PAX. I didn't even look at a screen. Like I was. Yeah. There was no video wow. game. And I feel so bad that we didn't ask we did. him. You know, let's swap places and play it again. It had a really but long line though. It I'm, was yeah. packed every single day for good reason. Um, yeah. it was did amazing. you see amazing. what happened when it exploded? Uh, no, the screen just we went won. black. Okay, good. <laughs> I would watch some other people play. There was oh. like an explosion sound, and then it went. Black. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. body parts or anything. Yeah, good, good. Well, you don't have hands or a body in the Oculus. Yeah, no, you're just a floating bomb. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say something else about it. Um, 
It was good. Oh, I, it will be out for Steam, so you can play it without VR. Uh, I totally recommend it. I also recommend if you have a chance to try it with the Oculus, please do. Um, if I mean, not everyone can afford it, but if, if you ever have a chance to try it, do. Because it really does lend this this aspect of, you know, just not being able to see Courtney at all. And, f- like, seeing myself in this, you know, dank room, like, with a bomb in front of me. That that was really a really cool feeling. Like, it, it definitely lent a, a lot of atmosphere to it. If I get it, when I get it for Steam, because I am going to get it for Steam and Oculus when the Oculus comes out, uh, I think I'm going to play it over the phone with people. Nice. Because, I mean, in my house, I'm just going to, like, send my roommate to the other room and call him on the phone. Because <laughs> I, I definitely think that get that a walkie kind talkie. of... Oh, God, that would be so cool. Okay. That can aspect I, of distance Can I jump important. in? Yeah, Speaking of phones, my favorite game at the show was a game called Eon Alter. Which hey. is a very cool cooperative RPG that you control with your smartphone. Um, but, you know, RPG, lots of text, lots of story going on. So everybody can see the NPC's text on your phone as well as any text that, you know, your character is talking. And the, they said that you're supposed to read your text out loud like a traditional D&D-like thing, which I didn't do. Um, <laughs> at least not in the you convention. You didn't do it? I didn't do that. Oh. But anyhow, so besides all the dialogue that you can see and everybody can see, each individual person gets some, they call them thoughts, which is a little bit about that character that nobody else can see, which Mm -hmm. is super cool. So all of the characters kind of have their own agendas. And so it's a cooperative RPG, but is it a cooperative RPG? So um, it was super cool. And then the combat is turn-based, so... Like like a Japanese RPG, but it doesn't feel like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also control combat on the phone. There's a little combat wheel. You can see all your attacks. Um, and you pick use the phone to actually move as well. So mm-hmm. I only got to play a little bit of it, but it was so cool and so awesome. And one of the developers worked on Mass Effect, came hey. from Bioware. So talk about good story and good dialogue. I think... Uh, I think we're in for a cool thing. I just downloaded it on Steam and told my husband we have to play it. So I, hopefully yeah. I'll talk about it again later. And Simone interviewed the developers. I did. Yeah. It, it was really great to hear them talk about it. They they also had this idea of, you know, wanting to make a game that was accessible to everyone to play. And, you know, when you, I have a PlayStation, which is wonderful for playing together, but we only have two controllers. So, you know, but what am I going to do if I have a bunch of people come over? However... Everyone has a smartphone. Yes. Everyone. And the app is free. So if yeah. I had this game on Steam in this case, I would just be able to, you know, hook everyone up to in a, in a local match and play with them. And it is – it was so much fun. I love the idea of having the text on um, – on the screen to read. And we, we really got into it, the group that I was playing with. We were being really cheesy. <coughs> Before you go into the final battle, you can, like, choose – a battle cry to do, you know, one that's one that's you could like. I could pray silently to myself because I was the paladin, or I could, you know, yell something out. And the line that I got was, "You will be judged." <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. The characters, the characters were pretty diverse and interesting. And it's, I just, I love how how it just harkens back to those tabletop role playing games, and yeah. but also just makes it. 10 times more accessible than those and yes. digital role-playing games. There are no character sheets to fill out. <laughs> Thank goodness. to pick. Um, 
But I just I just want to move to something really quick when you said your your battle cry thing, which just reminds yeah. me of Hearthstone. They had the summer circuit global tournament being done live at PAX, which was super cool. Oh yeah. And um I sat and watched that so much. Like Whoops. I never thought I would be like esports, watch stuff things. Man, I sat down and I watched that. And there was not much to watch. Like the guys competing were sitting <laughs> next I Two computers on the stage with a camera, like, pointed at their face. But really, all they sort of did was tap their chin, you know, <laughs> like they were thinking, you know, or, like, squinting their eyes a little bit. So they didn't do anything. But, you know, you saw both sides, uh, what their deck was and all that kind of stuff. So I learned some things, which is cool, which Isaac always makes fun of me. He's like, why don't you go online and, like, look up how to make a good deck? And I'm like... <laughs> I like to experiment and try to figure things out on my own. Yeah. However, I you know, some of the decks were very much, like, catered to, like, one type of thing, um, which a term that I learned was Ice Mage, in which you, you know, all of your cards are basically fr- freezing type things that can just build on top of each other. Isaac made fun of me for not knowing Ice Mage. Um, <laughs> but I saw some other decks that came out that really didn't seem anything super special like they were kind of scattered and I didn't see like minions that would really work with other minions and so I told Isaac that too I'm like their decks were not that great for paladin or priest so you know (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah but it was it was super cool I really enjoyed watching it um I was watching the last day unfortunately I didn't get to see the final final match but I was watching the last day which was a rebroadcast of what had happened the day before and like Anna came up and like sat next to me I'm like oh hi sweetie I'm like do you know what we're watching she's like Hearthstone yay (laughs) so so that was cool so that's not anything like cool new game that I saw but (laughs) I was enthralled by that. It speaks to the general atmosphere of PAX. Yeah, it does. Which is like being around other people who care about the same things you do. Yeah, and sometimes that area was like super packed, like like people standing like way back to watch it, which like the the people across from them was like a board game, like a vendor type thing. No, I mean, look at all the foot traffic they got. I bet they sold a ton of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Okay, that sorry. That is one thing that's <laughs> really cool about PAX is that you see all these people standing in line for hours to play a game they're excited about. And it's very peaceful. And mm-hmm. people I, – I never saw anyone um, act in a way that I didn't think was welcoming and peaceful. And I met a lot of really nice people over the weekend. Really yeah. nice people. So yeah. Very yeah. inclusive. Mm-hmm. All happy to be there together. I, a lot I of kids. That was great. Oh my god, we had the best moment. We were walking. I don't remember what booth it was, but it, there was, it was the Pokemon the Pokemon booth. booth. So there was an adult couple dressed as Mario and Luigi, and right next to them, totally not together, two kids dressed as Mario and Luigi. Oh yeah, it my husband so saw that, and he was he took a picture, and he yeah. was talking oh my god. about that. We yeah, were in the same place at the same time. Then. Yes, <laughs> it was very cute. Well, I know my husband came up to you guys and was like, "Hey, look, yeah. it's Anna from Anna's apps." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, our YouTube know. star. Yeah, I'm I know like, your name too, Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He told me he did that, and I'm like, 
That was kind of a nerdy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> like they all Aww. know who Anna it is. It was so yeah. good to see Anna again. Yeah. yeah. We we hear about her nonstop, but we don't see her yeah. very often. You know she the funny like thing she is having a good time. she knows when we're talking about her when I listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like even before I say her name. <gasps> oh, yeah. She's like, you're talking about me. No, oh, I, I could always do that with my mom. You can sort of like you can your little hairs on the back of my neck tangle. I'm like, oh, yeah, just going to let it happen, though. Something I can do. <laughs> God, yeah. Okay. So, so I said my favorite game. That was your guys' favorite game. Right? I also I really want to quick do a okay, shout out yeah, for uh, Nog, spelled G N O G, which was a super cool puzzle game that uh, it was a lot like in in its simplicity and elegance was very Monument Valley ish, but it was a different style of puzzle. And I can't exactly tell you what style it was because that was kind of part of the puzzle was figuring out what the heck the objective of the puzzle was. Hmm. Um, it was really interesting, and it reminded me a lot of like little toddler toys when there's just lots of little knobs and flips and things you can do and you just wanted to play with it and see experiment and i could see if you're really impatient how that would get frustrating but if you just kind of like take a deep breath and you are flipping it around you're like i wonder if i can make the monster cross his eyes and then just sort of like messing with things until that happens then suddenly like it all clicks together and you move on to the next one and you're like oh that's so cool and so like, or I well, want to flip all these things over. It was very peaceful and elegant and lovely, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool. Linda, did you have a favorite game that you haven't talked about? Um, I might say Eco because oh, okay. um, it's a very ambitious project. And, um, you know, I'm interested in games and education. And this is a, an amazing educational project because the idea is there's a meteor that's going to hit the earth in 30 days, and it's 30 real days. And groups of people as large as like even hundreds of people can work together to build a world that develops technology fast enough to deflect the meteor. Mm. But you have to like um, use your resources wisely and not pollute the earth and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of a combination of ecology and economy. Mm. And so people will um, use it in classrooms and teachers will be able to use it as a learning tool. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. Department of Education um, has given it a grant. So Cool. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, we also went to a bunch of panels, which we're not going to have time to talk about, but you will see. Uh, Speak for yourself. I only went to the one that I was on, <laughs> um, which was okay. very good. Thank you. Good. Self-promotion. What, I think you already talked about this on the podcast. Anyhow, um, yes, yeah, so we went to a bunch of panels. You'll see stories about that. You can see stories of all the games that we talked about on Pixelkin.org. And real quickly, I want to give a shout-out to Scott Brody, who sent us an email, um, because he has a game that's called Hero Generations. And I started playing it last night. I didn't have very much time to actually spend with it, because Anna, you know, wanted dinner or something. <laughs> um, but uh, but it seems really cool. It's, um, it's, like, it's a cute little, like, pixely type thing, but... The goal is you, you only have so many days to live. And so you have to, like, do certain things to gain fame. And then you have to go to the town and find a mate and then have a child. And then that child carries ah. on your legacy. Um, but the thing is all about, like, the, the right time to find the mate. And you have these little quests that you're supposed to do X, Y, or Z. And the, the real point is the game fame so that everybody loves you. So that when you go into a town to find a mate, there are like six people who want you. Um, but, <laughs> but some of Sounds them... like Fable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> some of them have very specific, 
specific things that they need, like this person wants you to have this level and also an orphaned child with you and like all this kind of stuff. So I only played it for a little while. Super interesting. So Scott, thanks so much for sending us the email and thanks for introducing us to your game because it was super cool. Nice. So we have so much more pack stuff to yeah, talk we about. Could talk I, for I have two more hours. I have about a list with like a dozen. No, I've yeah. crossed There's like, like twenty five more games on here. It's nuts. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to revisit <laughs> at some point. Um, but we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, or if you were a pax, send us an email and let us know what what you saw and what you liked. Uh, you can do that at hello at pixelkin.org. You can find us on Facebook at Pixelkin, and again. You can share that gigantic post to be to have a chance to win a beta key to be in gigantic. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org and at Gaming with Moms. And we have a YouTube channel of which we have a very long URL. So I'm just going to say go to YouTube and search for Pixelkin and you will find us. And I think that's everything. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.